in the beginning there was nothing. And then there was the word. I always find the hardest part is starting something followed by continuing to do it. And I have thought about recording a podcast or writing a novel or really those two things um, continuously for years. And in the shower or in my private thoughts or when I'm outside smoking a cigarette, I have in my mind penned the first couple pages. And yet every time I sit down to do it in real life, I find myself going back, editing, deleting it, right? Like, and re-beginning and beginning and beginning and beginning. Were See? you going to ask a question? No, no, I wasn't going to ask a question. I was talking about beginning. So I'm trying to find the place to... I don't know where to start. So I have some advice for this. Um, so let's try again. No, no, no. No, no, I want to try again. Take take five. I don't know where to start. Do you have any advice on where to start? <laughs> the advice that works for me is start anywhere. Um, often that means for me starting in the middle we had a conversation a couple days ago about having your tools uh, next to you and how when I've mentored people on photography one of the first things I teach them is to have their camera sitting next to them on a desk or in their hand as often as possible to have the battery charged and the card in the slot, right? <laughs> Loaded. Um, and how inspiration comes to all of us. And if we're prepared and we're in the practice of creation, then when inspiration strikes, it won't just um, put us into that state of awe where we don't do anything with it, right? will have the tool right there to capture or create with. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I was saying is that when inspiration strikes, if you have been in the practice of writing, then your art will come through writing. And if you have been in the practice of photography, then, then art will come through the photos. Um, and if you are in the practice of drawing, art will come through the drawings. And so if you, like you just did, have a podcast set up on your couch where it's ready and you know the process because it's been ritualized, then when inspiration strikes, it will come through the podcast. And the first things you record may just sound like a jumbled mess and not go anywhere. But eventually you'll, if you, if you follow through with the practice, then, then something beautiful will come eventually. It sounds like we've made a fine beginning of it. 
how did you come to this realization? And, and was this something that you always knew or was it something you learned? It's something, I don't know, maybe a mix of both. It's something I think I intuitively knew when I was young, like a child. But as an adult, you forget things. And so I had to relearn. I think it's practical advice to anyone pursuing a creative endeavor that if you just start doing it and are not obsessed with the results or the outcome, then the practice will lead you to quality. Um, I think a correlate to that for me has been letting go of the constant judgment of value of the of the work and just trust in the creative process as having its own value, which is to say that any beginning is better than no beginning, and then any follow through is better than no follow through. I like to think of it as practice rather than follow through. Follow through often comes with a, sort of a judgmental side to it that, oh, I'm not good at following through, right? Where if it's a practice or it's a learning experience, then there isn't really a, a quality that you have to meet. It's more about showing up every day or at least showing up on a regular basis. Is there something about the word follow through that that is different from practice or discipline or ritual? And kind of unpack those words and what they might mean for you in context. I guess for me, follow through is something that I hear from people in authority positions like teachers, bosses. They're like, you didn't follow through. You need to follow through. It's not something that my, I don't know, I, I just find it to be like more of a, I don't know why it feels judge, more, more judgmental so, to me. Is there an angry yes. baseball coach, you know, hidden, hidden within that statement or does it just index along with a sort of authoritarian or mechanical execution? Yeah, it's not really like angry to me. Well, practice is great. Practice is a great term, and it's coming back into vogue these days to describe, I mean, even UX practice, right? You'll have businesses that say, we have a UX practice. We, you know, a law practice, right? A medical practice. Because you never perfect those things. Right. I think follow-through focuses on, like, an endpoint for a task where practice recognizes that there isn't an ending there's a journey right that it's a con a continued commitment that is refreshed regularly so what would you say to someone who has started and made a beginning but has trouble doing the practice or or sticking with the practice. I think the your first point, have your tools at hand. Remove the obstacles 
that prevent you, right? If you got to go right. get the camera out of the case, you got to put the card in, you, you got to go charge the battery, you're that much less likely to go out and shoot. I think that is my advice. Right. And I was wondering whether, and I think that's fantastic advice. That's what I heard you say. Um, is there anything else that you would add to that? You said earlier that the hardest part is starting and the second hearted, hardest part is following through. And following through is just becoming good at starting over and over again. And so if you learn how to start, then you can continually start again and again whenever you lose the practice you go back to the beginning you go back to starting so in that frame the continued practice is simply a series of starts right and how do you know when <laughs> Since we're going, we're talking about beginnings, middle, you know, uh, beginnings and, and middles and endings, right? Then the next logical place is to ask, when do you know, how do you know when to stop? How do you know when you're editing, for example, that you've got it where you want it to be? How do you still the imperious urge to perfect something and, and just can't let it out the door, right? Because it's never good enough, for example, or... It could be just a little bit better if you were to do this. And, and how do you weigh that? So how do you do endings, in your opinion? I don't necessarily think that we shouldn't be perfectionists. I think that you should follow through with your projects until they're finished. I mean, I think there's a point where you're where you do have to let something go live its life and where you do have to say, hey, this is good enough. And you really only know based on a feeling inside um, that there's a point where the inner uh, director is satisfied. And maybe it is going to take you some time. I don't know if the, I don't know if I, I resonate with that as much as having to let go of the middle so that I can have another start, right? Like there's, there's almost, I, I think for me, it's never good enough. And the only way that I was able to actually progress in my practice was to start finishing work and saying, I'm ready to start the next thing. And I, and I don't think I ever got to a place where I thought, oh, this is, this is great. You know, like, this is good. Until after I had let go of things, learned to let it go, and learned that, that there was a moment where the additional investment wasn't worth the reward, right? And, and more often than not, especially in the case of, you know, ink brush or, or, or art forms where you can't erase, you know, like if you're, if you're sculpting and you carve, or you're doing wood carving and you shave away too much, you whittle too much or when you're painting and all of a sudden you realize you've just covered the entire canvas in black ink and there's no negative space whatsoever. 
was it was moments like that where I realized that I overdid it that started to push me back to a place where I could finish. I think every artist is different. For me, I make a lot of work that never gets finished, that's not good enough for me to work on. And for me, if the emotion is there, it's there even in its rawest form. And if I know I've nailed the emotion, then it's worth it to me to perfect that piece all the way through until it's its most beautiful form of itself. Um, but if I have had times, especially earlier in the in my learning process, where I would take something that really wasn't emotionally there and try to use my skills to like force it. And if I didn't actually shoot the photo emotionally correctly, then it won't ever get there. And so that's where I would end up in in sort of a wrestling match with the piece where I'm just like always trying to perfect it. And so maybe if you're locked in that uh, part of it that you, you actually need to develop your earlier skills in the process to make a piece that's worthy of that level of perfectionism. Maybe. And before that, you know, you get into the process of just letting things go. Or letting, I don't know how you put it, but. You had talked about, I, I said, let it be good enough and, and right. you know, detach, detach from the outcome or the endless evaluation. Yeah. But when you really fall in love with the piece, then it's not a challenge to do that perfectionist work. It feels fun to do because mm -hmm. you're, you're like birthing something that you believe in. Yeah, I, I have a strong inner critic, and so I'm always just watching my beginning. I'm watching the practice in the middle. I'm watching the endings, and I, and I feel anxiety around each part, right? And then just worried about whether it's good enough, and then often concluding as my own harshest critic that it isn't. And, and, and for me, the progress has been in simply doing it anyway, mm -hmm. right? Draw anyway. And, and knowing that um, if I remove that evaluation from my creative process, my quality improves, my consistency improves, and the finished product improves. Because it's not mired in the almost narcissistic reflection, right? Because that's, I think, I think maybe, and I've, and I've known some artists to fall into this trap of, they hold it in a cage, right? Like they, they, they're watching their own work over and over and over again. And so it doesn't ever get out into the world. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's either too good or it's not good enough or whatever. Or they're worried about how much they're going to sell it for or that there's nobody buying it or that they're giving it away. And, and in so doing, they rob the muse like where the muse turns into the salesman, right? Where like the piece takes on a life of its own once you let it go. Once, once you, uh, 
relinquish control over the finished product in some way. Yeah. I don't really have advice for that, I guess, because all of our inner voices are different. My inner experience when I'm creating is a very joyful process. And I love the, I love creating. It's so much, like, I don't even want to say fun because it's not, it's not always playful for me. Um, but I'm deeply passionate about the work and I am happy to be there in the creative process. And I focus more on the sensory parts of creating while I'm doing it. And I don't really have a running script in my head about the quality. And sometimes I'm like zoomed in really, really close. And I don't even understand what I'm creating until much later. And I step back. Yeah. And as long as I stay focused in the sensory experience, then I am sort of surrendered to it. And my, I don't have like words happening in my head. You're in that flow state that's so often touted as being the uh, pinnacle of the human experience. Well, the other part of it too is like, I have had the experience of not wanting to share my work with others and, and feeling like other people won't see what I see in it or won't value it. Um, and it's frustrating when you put out your work and like the one piece that everyone loves is like the piece that you don't like, right? And the things that you are in love with don't get very much attention. Um, that's frustrating. But one of the things that I think about when it comes to putting my work in the world is that I am lucky to have been gifted with the talents that I have. Um, and I feel like it's my responsibility to be the steward of my work and, and the way that I present it to the world should honor the work. And it shouldn't really be about me. It's rather like an offering to the world. Um, and it's like, here's this beautiful thing and, and I hope you love it.